You know, there's probably a lot of decisions that I've made that brought division. And I want to talk, and I'm going to talk a little bit about that this morning when it comes to the Word of God and how Jesus did that too. And uh, He does that on a, on a regular basis. You know, as a pastor, I'm, I'm, I realize, I mean, I, I realized this a long time ago that, that you can't always have it both ways, right? You know? When you have two opposing ev- events or, or issues or people who are, who are not quite in the, in, the, in the same boat, you can't always make a decision that pleases everybody. I mean, that's something that we'd like to do, right? We'd like to, as, as Jack Nicholson would say, can't we all just get along, you know? And, and we, we kind of want that. And as a pastor, uh, we want to, to, to make peace, but you can't always make decisions that... Uh, there's, it's impossible to please everybody all the time, so you have to do simply the right thing. And, and whenever you make that decision, uh, you know, the, somebody's going to be unhappy, right? We make those kind of decisions as your, board, as your church leadership, and from time to time I make decisions that end up hurting people. It's not, it's not, it's not something that I take pleasure in do, but... To, to do, but it's just some, something that happens, and, and not making this decision is worse sometimes. Letting things go on and, and, and foment, you know. Uh, problems have a way of, uh, of smelling like the, the, the compost pile, doesn't it? You know, pro- if you leave them long enough, they ripen up, okay? And they create more issues, um, as a, as a pastor, I know that that's, that's one of the, 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 the things that I have to do. I think anyone in leadership, whether it's in your home or in your family or in, in, at a job, job, you have to make decisions and you have to make, make, make what you believe are the right decisions. And quite frankly, you know, and I know you can't please everyone. And, and today, we're, we're, I'm continuing the series, Jesus Came. Uh, we're in the middle of Advent. I mean, Advent simply means the coming the coming of Christ, uh, but by inference, the coming of Christ. And uh, last week, uh, I, the, 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 the message was, Jesus came to set you free. And we used the passage uh, from the 61st chapter of Isaiah. And you remember the passage, and it's the one that he spoke of in his own hometown and that he read in, in the synagogue. And they, it, he was so popular that day, his friends and family, or not maybe his family members, but the people who knew him, pushed him out and tried to push him over a, a cliff. I mean, that's, that was, now that was a sermon. <laughs> I mean, if you think about uh, getting a response from people, he got a response, and, and it, wasn't, it, wasn't a popular, it wasn't a popular thing that he did and said. But today, I want to approach something that is going to sound a little strange, and uh, is that Jesus came to bring division. Now, uh, if, you, if you're not familiar with Scripture and your, own, and your only knowledge about God is and who Jesus is, is comes basically from uh, Facebook or from the media or, you know, the, you remember the, what was it, Oh God, the, the movie, George Burns and the Big Cigar. If that's your concept of, uh, if that's where you get your information, you're going to say, Pastor, Jesus didn't come to bring division. But if you understand the Scripture, you understand where we're going to go, hang with me on this and, and say that Jesus himself said, I've come to bring a sword. I've come to bring division. And I, the first time I saw that, I did a double take. I said, this is so out of character. It was because I was ignorant. I didn't know what he was saying. Know this, that any prophecy that is made, 
is not necessarily God saying, this is my will. You understand that? That when we read the prophecies, whether they're in Isaiah or Micah or, 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 or uh, Ezekiel or Jeremiah or anything, know this, that, that the, the recorded prophecies are not necessarily saying, uh, even though they're true, it's not saying that God wills these things to happen. He's saying some of these things happen just because of the, the orneriness of people. You understand? That's a nice word, right? The orneriness of people. The difficulty and the rebelliousness that we have in our hearts. It was never God's will that Assyria come down and consume Israel. But it happened because of sin. Okay? So, so you get that. Go with me to, to Matthew, the 10th chapter. I don't know how this is going to come out. I just want to share with you what I find in Scripture. Jesus speaking to, to his disciples, he said, Do not think, and this is starting with verse 34, Do not think that I came to bring peace on the earth. Now, that's a strange thing for the Prince of Peace to say. Do not think that I have come to bring peace on the earth. I did not come to bring peace, but a sword. For I came to set a man against his father, and a daughter against her mother, and a daughter-in-law against her mother-in-law, and a man's enemies will be the members of his own household. He who loves his father or mother more than me is not worthy of me, and he who loves a son or daughter more than me is not worthy of me. And he who does not take up his cross and follow me is not worthy of me. He who has found his life will lose it, and he who has lost his life for my sake will find it. Now, uh, let's talk about the context of that. The context of that, I mean, you know, I just pulled several verses out of the scriptures, you know. But the context is this. Jesus had, had called his 12 disciples, and he was sending them out two by two, I believe it was. He was sending them out, and he was, going, he was sending them uh, to, to, to perform ministry. Now, I've said this to you before. One of the things that we find Jesus doing, is that the, the, he called his 12 disciples. There were many more disciples, but those 12, they were the, they were the guys, you might say, in the, in the pocket. They were the, we call them the apostles. Initially, they simply saw him do what he did. Then they joined him, and they watched for a while. If you, if you read and chronicle through the scriptures, you'll see them watching. Then they participated in some simple stuff, like handing out the bread and the fish. So they went from watching to helping. And eventually, Jesus spoke to, to his disciples in the 10th chapter and said, I want you to go out. And I, he says, look, I'm just going to pull freely from that passage. I'm going to send you, and he says, I'm going to send you, and guess what? I'm going to give you authority over evil spirits, over sicknesses, over diseases, and I want you to tell them that the kingdom of God is coming. He says, don't go to Samaria, go to all the children of Israel. Okay? And that's in there in the 10th chapter. So he's sending them out the first time that, they, that they're sent. This is like, you know, uh, you remember the first time that, that uh, you know, ladies, you had your kit, your, your little girl in there or your, your son in the kitchen with you, and they watched mama roll the, you know, making biscuits or whatever it was. There came a time when the child, uh, when you started saying, now get me the salt. Or get me this. So real simple stuff. Eventually, eventually you go in there at the holidays now, and who's ruling out the dead? Okay? It's the daughter. Okay? So there's discipling going on. This is what we see in the 10th chapter. Jesus has, has finally come to the place. Now, I'm going to send you out. I want you to do the things that you've seen me do. 
He said, I'm giving you authority over all these things. And, 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 and he says, but, but know this. I'm not, you know, I mean, get excited if you will, but, but I'm sending you out as sheep among wolves. How'd you like that one? Hey, we're going to send you into the combat zone, but you don't get a gun. You don't even get body armor. He says, don't even take an extra coat with you. So what about provisions, Jesus? Don't take even a, a purse with you. Don't take any money with you. I mean, he's making them stand in faith and trust him. And he says, I'm sending you among wolves. And it's in the context this, of, of that, of this, this whole thing that he says, uh, don't think that I have brought, come to bring peace, but I brought a sword. Now, again, you know, we, we, <laughs> we look at this beautiful tree and all these, they didn't they do a good job. About eight or nine folks here on, uh, on, on Sunday night. Great job they did, making the place beautiful. Christmas conjures up ideas and pictures for me of Silent Night. It's like this one here, you know? I mean, this is really, really sweet, okay? I mean, there's peace written all over this, okay? This just Silent Night, Holy Night, all this going Just everything is great. But what we're seeing here is that Jesus has come into the world, and he has drawn a line in the sand. And, and what he's telling his disciples, that it's going to be warfare. They're not going to like you. How many of us can't function unless they like us? You know what I mean? There's some of us who like us, we just got to be liked. We carry an extra pack of gum for our friends just in case they want to chew. Yeah? Okay? I mean, you, 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 we just want to be liked. We're the person who has it all for them. Oh, what is it you need? Oh, you need some? Okay, I'm there. We got to be liked. And you know, here and, 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 and here you're saying, well, I'm following Jesus now. I'm you know, I don't I don't I'm not you know, I quit my drugs. I'm not a drunk. I don't beat my wife anymore. You know, I don't lie, I don't cheat, I don't steal. Jesus did all that for me. Don't you like me? He's saying that they won't like you. So if you need to be liked, you're going to you're 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 probably going to trip and fall somewhere in the process that we're about to that I'm about to talk about. At first glance, when, when, when I read this passage, I said, wow, what do you mean, Jesus, that you've, you've caught to, to, you know, here, the Prince of Peace, he's, you know, the one who, the author of true peace, and I know him as the peace giver in my life, right? You know, if you've given your heart to Christ, you know what I'm talking about. You know, there's nothing like having your sins forgiven, you know, it's not just words on a, on, on, a, on a page. It's not just words that I can mimic. It's something that's tangible that I can feel, that I can experience. There's something about knowing and having your sins forgiven. Having that, that burden, that, that spiritual burden lifted off of your spirit and your heart. If you don't know what, if you've never had that experience, I want you to know it's available for you and it's free. Jesus is the key. Jesus is the key. So we, we read this and we say, Prince of Peace, and he says, I brought to bring, it, bring, bring a, not, not peace, but a sword, division. Uh, knowing this, that this is not the, not the only picture. There was a snapshot in time where God was working. But it was the, you might say it was the first 
gauntlet that was thrown down in the sand and said, I am here now, Satan. No longer will you work without, 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 without resistance and have dominion in this place. We have begun something that will, that will take some casualties. I've come to bring division. Now, while Jesus was indeed gentle and kind, and he's the Prince of Peace, it's also Jesus who takes, if you, if you read the New Testament, you see that he takes a bold stand against sin and injustice. Do you understand? You see that? Do you see that when he faces off with the religious, uh, the unjust religious people, with the political, uh, with the political factions that are also religious, that are basically uh, enslaving the people? We see him. We see him anger, angry. I mean, at least twice. I mean, this guy, Jesus, you know? You know, you know the pictures that, 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 that society and media have? I mean, he's kind of like thin and milk toasty and, and, you know, whatever you want, whatever you say, whatever, I mean, that's okay with me. I mean, I do funerals, and you've heard me say, all dogs don't go to heaven. Okay. And what, what I'm saying, I'm trying to kind of like say it lightly, that all people, no matter what they've lived, it, it's funny, in, at funerals, it's, it's a time when, you know, we grasp at every straw. We look for reasons to say, somehow they made it. When everything in their life screams that they didn't. That they had no, no real commitment to Christ. Yeah. And so... Jesus is gentle, he's kind, but he takes and took and he takes a bold stand against sin. I see in two places in scripture where this gentle, milk toasty person that, that, that would be described by the media today braided a whip and he turned over tables in church wasn't church, it was a temple, you know? I mean, again, here's what worship had, had, had come to. Here's what, what temple worship, the holy places that God had established for himself. This is what it had turned into. The people would travel all, from all over the known regions to come into, into Jerusalem so they could worship at one of these high holy days. The Levitical priesthood, who, who God had appointed to, to, you might say, serve in the temple. They were running the game. They had, they, you know, you ever, if you've ever been out of the town, out of, uh, out, of, out of the country, you know you've got to change your money, right? It's interesting. Uh, the people would travel from, from all over the known world, and they know they had to have uh, uh, an animal for worship or something. That was a sacrifice. That was part of it. Well, they didn't. They said, well, I'll just get one when I get there. And all of a sudden, you've got, what? So, so the, the Levitical priesthood had the corrals right there in the temple. Let's make this one-stop shopping. But it's, there's a premium attached to, to, to convenience. You didn't, bring, uh, you didn't bring a sheep, but we've got them right here. 
Oh, I know they're expensive, but you didn't have to bring them. And, there's a, and then not only, can, not only can we sell them to you, but you have to buy it with our money. And, and the, the exchange rate in the temple wasn't all that good. I mean, you get the picture here. It was a corrupt event. It was a corrupt place. And when Jesus came in, he, he, he braided a whip and he began, to, he began to swing that thing. And, and animals and people scattered like, like at a Walmart uh, uh, blue light event. And he turned over the money. The money went everywhere. The poor people like that, they were probably all over the floor. See? So this is not a weak person. This is not a person who's going to let everything slide, who's going to say, well, that's good enough. Somehow the balances in your life are good enough. Jesus, Jesus, he rebuked the religious leaders in Israel for turning their privileged status into every opportunity to gain wealth and power. Oh, okay. Let me get back to, to something. I'll try to, It's warm in here, isn't it? That's what happens when, 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 when December is 50 degrees outside, right? We insulate it so well. It's keeping all your heat in here. And, uh, and we could open some doors, I guess. And, but we've already taken care of the AC units. But here's Jesus. Really, what's, what, what, where we're going here is that if we're to follow Jesus, if we're to follow Jesus, there's going to be some pushback. What did he say? I've come not to bring peace, but I've come to bring a sword. I'll divide your families. Father against son, daughter against mother-in-law, etc., 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 and so on and so forth. I asked you earlier, did you ever make the right decision that divided uh, either a relationship or your family or something? Certainly. I remember, I remember years ago, I decided to follow Jesus. And my buddy Love Jones showed up. I don't know why he called him Love Jones. We were all a bunch of young jarheads. And, uh, and he was looking to get high. And I said, Love Jones, I don't do that anymore. I gave my heart to Jesus. He said, that's cool. And I never saw him again. Those, those, now that was fairly benign, wasn't it? But those kind of things happen in homes and families. When you decide to follow Jesus, when you decide to follow Jesus, there are some people who will perhaps misunderstand that or simply reject it. As much as you want your family and your friends and you're the people who are close to you to be a part of your life, I want you to know when you take a stand for Jesus, that changes everything. He said all things are made new. And there's, some spiritual, there's a spiritual dimension uh, in, in all of this. First of all, Christ in you. If you're, going to, if you're going to go forward with him, you've got to be able to stand for truth. Okay? Does that make sense? Standing for truth. Jesus always stood for truth. And in doing so, there will be people who, 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 
who, who back away from that. Or, they're, well, you know, you know how it is. Well, that's okay for you. That's true for you. It may not be true for me. And so division becomes a problem. Division becomes a problem. Jesus, the enemies of Jesus, we find, always cared more about pleasing others than living, living by God's word. One of the interesting things as we, as we look at the history of, of Israel, we find that God gave them laws. I keep doing that, I'm sorry. God gave them laws and he gives us direction. We have a way of changing that, don't we? Israel did. The law of God became this, this huge list of do's and don'ts. God had enough of them, but they, had all, they, they created their own little, this thing, and, and it, they used it. They used it to dominate and to abuse the people. Okay? I'm not saying that, that sometimes that doesn't happen in the Christian church. It's a human nature thing. Jesus confronted that over and over and over. Initially, they thought he was just a rabble rouser. Eventually, they came to the place where you hear these words. Don't you, you guys know nothing, as they spoke among themselves against Jesus. You know nothing. Don't you understand that it's beneficial for one man to die for our nation? When you take a stand for Jesus and you walk in his steps, there will be division in your life because not everybody wants Jesus. Not everybody wants righteousness. There's, could I share with you just some of the things, dominion issues. I spoke to you last week about dominion and I don't want to go into that whole thing except that, that unless Christ is in you, you're under the dominion of the enemy and under his influence. Okay? Now, I, I was speaking to someone earlier and, and we were talking about the time when we gave our hearts to Christ and I, remember, and I was relating to, to him. I said, I remember what a thin edge that I stood on at that moment, moment in time. And I shudder now to, to think how easily I could have said no to God. Yeah? Think about that. And where my life would have been versus where it is now. I'm not talking about successes. I'm talking about salvation. I'm talking about joy. I'm talking about all the fruits of His presence in my life. But how thin edge at that moment in time, on that Sunday night in a chapel in Okinawa, how close those words, that decision could have gone either way. Under Christ, I fall under his dominion. Without Christ, I automatically fall under the the, the prince of the power of this air. The spirit of the Antichrist is always a part of this uh, this world's influence in what's going on. Many of us are today, we're, we're seeing this played out year after year after year. As, as our country becomes more and more secular, right? Okay? 
I mean, it's funny. I mean, uh, one of the interesting things about uh, some of the conflict that, that comes up is, is like, um, and, and maybe you see it on, on the news, I don't know, um, how that, that when, um, you know, Christmas is here, right? I recognize there's Santa, there's elves. I mean, that's, that's part of the, the, you might say, the culture and stuff. And, and, and up until recently, Charlie Brown was part of that too. Now they're given pushback because I believe Linus quotes from Luke 2. That's the issue. It's not religion. It's not some of the balls and the bubbles and the things that people experience in the holidays. It's Jesus. He always, uh, the true understanding, not, not just, uh, I'm not talking about the Jesus uh, in the pictures. The Jesus that, that, that lets everything slide and, and is reduced and his understanding, understanding of who God is, is, is like is reduced to just love. And, and logic will tell us that, that, that if God loves me, he wants me to be happy. Doing drugs makes me happy, so God must be for it. God wants me to be happy. Leaving my wife makes me happy. So God must want me to leave my wife. He's okay with that. You, you see where I'm going with it. This is crazy. But that's where a lot of, our, a lot of the world is. That's who God is. He's, he's like a big, big daddy Santa Claus. You know, he doesn't even do the naughty or nice things. He's just love. Sit on my lap, I'll give you everything. And, 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 and when the time comes for you to step from this life into the next, man, no, no big deal. No big deal. But Jesus was not that Jesus. They rejected him. To, to hear, when, we, when we speak of the, the spirit of the internet, not everybody was happy that he came. Herod sent his soldiers and killed every child. In Bethlehem, under the, under the age of two. They had to flee to Egypt. When Jesus came home and he began to speak, uh, speak things that, 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 that flew in the face of common understanding and common, uh, common prejudices, they, they, they tried to force him off the cliff and kill him. Over and over and over. And he tells us today to be like your a disciple is not greater than his master. It is enough that you would be like him. And as he speaks to his, to his, his 12 disciples and they go out, he says, look, I'm sending you out as sheep among wolves. They, there are some people who will not like you. He said they will, what did he say? Turn you over to the jailers, to courts. They will try you. They will kill you. He says, but don't be afraid of those who can kill only the flesh and can't touch the eternal. Sometimes we're just misunderstood. Christ has changed you, and you're submitting to his authority. You know what? When you do that, that produces change in you. And it produces spiritually moral light that others can see. Not everybody likes the light. Jesus said, you have loved darkness rather than light. Every time I I think of that passage, I think of turning the lights on in a room, not at my house, but someplace, and the the bugs just scatter. Right? 
Yeah? 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 I, I do know. I saw, I've got this, uh, this, this, this composter, and I'll open it up to put something in there. There's a little mice in there. They run for cover. Not everything, not everyone likes light. And God brings in moral light. What does moral light do? It reveals, it reveals the dirt. I remember my father had some cataracts, didn't know how bad he couldn't see. One had the cataracts removed, came home, and he looked at me and says, Bill, I cleaned for two days. <laughs> cataracts had kept him from seeing all the dirt. And sin and darkness and the darkness of sin keeps people from seeing their own faults. Jesus says, so let your light shine before men. See, when you walk with him, when you have submitted to Jesus, when you've submitted to Jesus, there's light in you. And people, some people simply won't like it. They'll think you're trying to be better than them. Oh, he's uppity. He just he got religion. Duh. He's uppity. She's uppity. They don't recognize that all you've done is recognize your own need. And you've submitted yourself to higher power, higher authority, God. And you've said yes to Him. And that kind of submission, as I said before, produces the change that people see. And are convicted by. All right. Just a couple of things. Let's have some music. I don't know what you thought would happen when you said yes to God. Jesus is simply saying to us that part of the deal is that it's not going to be easy. He, yes, he said, my burden is light. He says, come to me. My burden's light. It's because he always slips his shoulder under, under the other side and helps you walk. Could I say to you as a believer, if you're going to follow him, you're going to have to stand against, against evil and unrighteousness. You're going to have to stand against it. And it's not going to make you popular. If you love the, if you love the, the, the approval of, of the people around you so much that you will back away and compromise, Jesus says, then you have no part in me. Eh? Isn't that what he said? If you love your brother, your sister, your mom, your dad more than me, that's what he's talking about here. He says, I have called you to a new life, a different life, to follow after me in righteousness and holiness. To find the fruit of joy and peace in the Holy Spirit. But it's not without some conflict in your life. When he, when he entered the world as a child, the first, as I said earlier, the gauntlet was thrown down. So I'm here. I'm here, devil, to take away your crown. No longer will you control and run roughshod over this humanity. I have come that they might have life 
and life in abundance. But, but here's, the, here's the interesting thing. God never forces anybody. You can serve who you want. You can serve who you want. Where the conflict comes from. The first conflict will, 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 will take place. Do I want to give up all this fun stuff to give my heart to God? I, I say that tongue in cheek. Do I want to give up hangovers? Do I want to give up uh, uh, the, you know, all, I, just a list of, of sins? Can, do I want to give up? I know that what my, if I really give my heart to Christ, my friends are going to look at me. And I'm going to lose my friends. That affects young people pretty hard, doesn't it? Is it worth it? Is it worth it to, 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 to give up your soul? You know, give up, I mean, gain the world and lose your soul? There are evil influences in your life and you're letting them run you. Letting them run you. Letting them take you right to hell. It brings you into conflict with your parents. Brings you into conflict with your own self. That innocence, that purity that you felt, you feel a little dirty right now. Turn to Jesus. Turn to Jesus. It's going to cost. It cost him. It cost him plenty. It cost him plenty so that you would be free. So that you would be free. It'll set up some conflicts. You'll lose some friends. There's some family members who are going to think ugly things. They're going to talk about you. (laughs) They're going to talk about you. Okay? Stand with me. He said, I came to divide. The biggest division, the division starts here. The first conflict is here. Will I follow you, Jesus? Or will I go my own way? But I want what you have for me. We're going to worship. These altars are open. If you're here and you just need to pray, come. Come. Come now. Come now. Come on now. If you're here and you've never given your heart to Christ, or you want to give your heart to Christ, give yourself to Jesus. Come. Come now. Come now. Come now. Anyone who's still wrestling with some stuff and really, you know, the the pressure's on. The pressure's on. I I, I don't want to lose my friends. I don't want to lose my family. And that's held you back from serving him with your whole heart. He said, unless, if you you deny me before men, I'll deny you before my father. I mean, that's cut and dry. and That's straight up. Let's pray and sing. If you want relief from those things that you're wrestling with now, God's saying, look, come, I'll, I'll, I'll set you free. But you're coming to Jesus. Coming to Jesus. Let's sing. Let's worship. This altar is open for anyone who wants to pray for anything at all.